Hi, welcome back to another episode of You the Mother podcast by Abby Williams, a space dedicated to supporting, empowering, and connecting all parents in all seasons of parenthood. In today's episode, I am so excited to be welcoming on Danielle Bayer Jackson. Danielle is a female friendship coach and educator who speaks nationally on the subject of friendship as a wellness imperative. Her business, Friend Forward, is dedicated to teaching women how to create and maintain better female friendships. In today's episode, we talk all about friendships. We talk about why they're a little harder to navigate now that we're adults, and especially in this season of parenthood. Danielle gives us some practical tools to improve our friendships and make friendships. You can find Danielle over on her podcast, wherever you're listening to this podcast, The Friend Forward. She's also on TikTok and Instagram, and you can find her on her website, betterfemalefriendships.com. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode, and if you do, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. Your support here on the podcast always means the world to me, and I so appreciate you being here. So let's get started in supporting you, the mother. Danielle, welcome to You, The Mother podcast. I am so excited that you are here joining us today because I think friendships get tricky and different in this um, season of our life and motherhood. So thank you for joining us. Tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I am a female friendship coach and educator. And typically when I tell people that, it kind of gets like a suspicious eyebrow lift, like girl, what are you talking about? Yeah. They're (laughs) a little judgy, a little judgy. And I get it because what does that even mean? So I kind of fell into this. I was actually a high school English teacher for six years. And then I heard the students kind of complaining between classes and after class about, you know, the drama with their friendships. And then I left the classroom to get into public relations, foolishly thinking I was leaving that drama behind. And then seeing that even successful, high achieving women are struggling with making and maintaining friendships. And so that's when I kind of had an aha moment about while at every stage of womanhood. We're trying to figure out how to navigate this. And, you know, four or five years ago, I leaned into the coaching space and I've been doing that ever since. And it's been a blessing to come alongside women uh, in this journey. You also have a book coming out next yeah, year. Yeah, that is 2024. 2024, which yep. sounds so far away. But It'll I'm go ex- fast. Yeah, that's what everybody keeps telling me. Yeah. Um, it's exciting because, you know, when I look back at, you know, four or five years ago, people being like, what is this? And Googling friendship code is not yeah. a thing to now seeing women just really trust me with their friendship issues. And that turned into getting a big book deal to write about conflict yeah. and female friendship. So I'm excited to get it in women's hands and, yeah. and hopefully it's helpful. Congratulations, because that is a huge accomplishment. Thank you. I'm excited. I I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to prompt some good discussions. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. So why are friendships, you know, because you talked about how you're a female friendship coach, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) And how are friendships, I guess, like, how do they show up differently for females than for for males? Yeah, it's interesting because whenever I like post a TikTok video or something, guys were like, oh my God, okay, it's our turn. Enough of this. Like, give us some tips. And 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 I always like to start by saying, 
generally we're all right. looking for the same things in friendship. Right. We want to yeah. be heard. We want to be supported. We want to have a good time. You know, we all want that. The difference is we prioritize the traits we're looking for differently. Mm-hmm. So for example, you know, um, women tend to prioritize emotional support. It's the number one thing that we look for in our same sex friendships. Mm-hmm. Men are not, uh, there's a, actually a 2021 survey that was done, uh, with across a a number of people. And it showed that, you know, women tend to lean on their partner and their friends when they're distressed. Men tend to go to their family members and their partner. They're not going to their friends, which is a whole host of other issues. You know, we're doing the emotional labor for, you know, our partner and then our girlfriends. And so, um, so because of that, our, our relationships tend to look different women. We tend to be more dyadic in our relationships, meaning one-to-one, therefore they're more intense, more intense, you know, men, they tend to look for a squad. They're like accumulating a bunch of people as they go through life. They're calling somebody they haven't talked to in a, in 10 years, their friend. And we're like, if I haven't talked to her in 10 years, we're not friends, you know? (laughs) So just even how we kind of like define friendship. Um, and then when it comes to conflict, uh, research shows that women tend to be, um, our friendships tend to be more fragile. Mm-hmm. They're deeper, but we tend to have less tolerance for what we perceive as a violation. Yeah. Men aren't really having conversations about, should I dump this friend or not? They just, it's just whatever. And so, you know, those differences show up in a lot of different ways. And, and I think there are pros and cons to that. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> there probably are a lot of pros and cons, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, like you said, you were in the high school setting. You were noticing this with your high school girls, right? And I think we can all think back to our high school girl friendships of, yeah, it was complicated. Um, but then this doesn't, this problem doesn't really resolve as we become adults. Um, and then I think that we go through these transitions in life, like motherhood, where friendships get even trickier, you know? And why is that? Yeah, you know, uh, it's common, and I'm sure you've heard this refrain about like, oh, it was so much easier in school. And and I think we romanticize it a little bit because I know for some of us it was like terrifying, but, you know, it seems like it was easier. Well, maybe because we saw each other all the time. And so we never had to um, figure out how to spend time together. Also, you know, this is an institution, school, uh, that provides a natural automatic social backdrop. Well, now you have to coordinate those moments for yourself. There is nobody telling you it's recess time. There is nobody telling you it's time to go to lunch in the cafeteria. You have to manufacture those opportunities for yourself. But that tends to be incongruent with our idea that friendship should be easy. And so a lot of us are hung up between those two spaces because we're trying to reconcile reality with our romanticized notion of what friendship should be. So if in your mind you're thinking, it should just be easier than this. It should be organic. And then you're realizing, oh gosh, it is hard to find time to get together. So, you know, let's just take that off the table right now. You have to find time, but sure. As an adult, you have a lot of obligations that compete with that. You have kids who depend on you for everything. You know, my baby's, you know, eight months. So it's like, she needs me to help her like keep her head up and eat. And you know what I mean? So it's, I can't just gallivant around town. Um, And then when we have jobs, we want to advance in our careers. And so there's a lot of things that compete with that. I think finding time is number one. Uh, another mindset I hear from adults that makes it difficult is the belief that you should have already had friends by now. Um, oh gosh, you know, everybody already has their friend group. It's too late for me. I'm 30 something. I get, And that's just not true. It's not yeah. true. And as soon as you believe it's too late, 
you just signed yourself up for what, 40 more years of, of no friends, Loneliness. you know? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so I think there's a couple of mindsets that make it difficult. Yeah. No, and I like, I probably fit into both of those buckets, right? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, you know, I think that there's probably a lot of moms right now nodding along of, I didn't have like this group of friends going into motherhood. And now I look around at, you know, the school events or, you know, I look around on social media and it just seems like all these women have these big groups of friends. And I guess like, why is it different for some women versus others? Um, you know, how do we help those women who feel like, well, I just got left behind and this is just going to be my lonely road forever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard not to look at your current situation and not try to use that to predict what life will be like. Oh, I guess this is what it is. But right. one, I'm going to caution you against um, speaking in absolutes. Always dangerous. Oh, yeah. It's always going to be like this. It's yeah. never like, and I'm saying it, but I'm talking to myself too, you know? So, you know, we have to be cautious about that. The second thing is I'm not trying to take anything away from women who do have a big squad. It's if that's their cup of tea, that's great. And I know that there really are women who are like, no, I really do have like 17 best friends. And I understand that. Okay. I respect it. However, I, I don't say, understand it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> you know, you know, I, I don't get it, but sure. There are women who they have a squad. Okay. I just know that some of us are experiencing heartache because we're aspiring to that. And we can't right. figure out why we don't have that. And what's wrong with me that I don't have that. And, right. you know, research shows that women's friendships do tend to splinter off. That even if we're in a big group, we have our subgroups, you know, that you've got right. like the one or two girls within that who are really your girls, you know? And so, yes, it does become harder to facilitate 10 people coming together all at the same time, having the same availability naturally, like think about it like mathematically and logically. That's not, really happening um yeah. but if there is a yearning for you to like ah, i want that group feel to me that indicates a different kind of loneliness so there are three kinds of loneliness um, um intimate loneliness which means you want to be known very intimately sometimes mm -hmm. this is satisfied by a best friend or a spouse there's relational loneliness, which means you want to have relationships. You want some friends. And then there's collective loneliness, which I think a lot of us are missing. And that's why we want the girl group. Collective loneliness means you long to have a shared identity. Like you want to be reminded that you're part of something bigger than yourself. Yeah. And so if you have friends right now, but you still feel like you're dissatisfied, I would encourage you to look at ways you can be a part of groups or organizations that make you feel that, that validate your identity mm -hmm. so and what are some ways that women can do that you know, I mean, I know it's cliche, but like being in a mom group, like something right. that's like, okay, I'm one of many. I'm not by myself. I'm not alone. There are people who get how hard this is. And, and I feel shame telling my single friends about, you know, or, or my childless friends about, you know, how hard today was when I also feel like I should be grateful for today. So I don't want to complain too much, you know, so maybe you could be a part of groups that, that intimately know these various aspects of your identity. Or, you know, for me, you know, I have a um, you know, I'm a black woman and it helps to also have a book club for women of color. Like, oh yeah. gosh, they get certain things. And so yeah. I would encourage you to, you know, one exercise I like to do with clients is, you know, complete the statement. I am blank however many times. And that shows you who are you? I am yeah. a mom. I'm a wife. I'm a, a book lover. I'm a podcaster. And then how can you socialize those aspects of your identity? A podcasting club, a mom club, you know, yeah. or maybe just two or three women on a Zoom every other Friday. So identify those like 
parts of your identity and how can you socialize them? And I think it might work to quell a little bit of that loneliness. I totally agree. And there's, you know, lots of opportunities for like mom groups through churches, through community centers, you know, lots of opportunities there. Um, and I love like what you're saying about the book club, because right after, well, are we out of the pandemic? I don't know. <laughs> it feels normal, but like, are, is it normal? Yeah. I don't know where we're at. But like, once things got a little different with the weirdness, um, there was a woman in my neighborhood that started a book club. You know, I think we were all just like coming out of lockdown, not having any community life. Um, and we were all feeling very lonely. You know, I think that that's collective universally, right? I think we can all kind of sit in that emotion. Um, and there was one woman in my neighborhood that started a book club. And so it is like a big group of women, right? And then there's like these little subgroups that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think that like all of us so badly want those groups, but like, how do we get there? How do we form that? And I'm so appreciative for women, like the woman that started this group, right? Um, because it's definitely her gift is to bring people together. She does it in a lot of different ways in her life. Um, but you know, like if you're able to step outside of your comfort zone of, I don't like doing those things, but I want to be a part of it. Start the group. Like so mm -hmm. many people want to be part of the group. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so hard, but it's so important. And I do think that like we do need that community, that collective, you know, feeling. Mm -hmm. So I so agree with you. What do you feel like are like the barriers to friendships? Like why aren't we getting there? Um. There are a lot. One is our idea of friendship in the first place. If, if, yeah. if we're getting real with ourselves, some people, some of us, we're looking for a good time. We still yeah. see friendship as it's fun. It's like yeah. a recreation. And when I want a break or an escape, I go to my friends. And um, sure. Yeah. Like, yes, it should be a good time. However, yeah. um, it is work. So a lot of us have friends, but then we're like, kind of feel like superficial okay because you've reserved it as a good time so i'm not going to take my burdens to my good time i'm not going to ask for help for my good time i'm not going to um introduce maybe some kind of challenging topics into the conversation with my good time and so you know we have to really look at you know what do you really think of friendship that might explain maybe why it's maybe difficult to create friendships um also you know i would tell some women to make sure we already have routines with our kids but yeah. one good way to become uh friends with people is to become a regular somewhere i mean it sounds kind of like unsexy you know but become a regular because that breeds familiarity and it makes it easier to be like hey i see i see her all the time you know yeah. and so what are those opportunities you're missing where maybe you could you know if you work from home could you you know dedicate one morning a week where you go to the same coffee shop to work outside of the house. There's yeah. probably going to be the same people there. Um, or when you go and do pickup, you know, do you sit in the car on your phone or are you like, you know what, let me lift my eyes up and go stand outside. I mean, I don't know, but yeah. how can you take advantage of the spaces you're already in regularly and then make yourself a little more approachable or show that you're warm to invite friendship, uh, which sounds counterintuitive because sometimes we're so looking at ourselves and like, oh, people are looking at me. What do they think? And I do that too. But, you know, believe it or not, if you are welcoming to others, like introducing yourself or complimenting her or whatever, other people are nervous about being rejected mm -hmm. too. So how can you kind of like signal to them, like I'm a safe space and you wouldn't get rejected here. 
um, is something that's a, a productive strategy as well. Yeah. It's hard because then we go home and we like start playing over all the weird things that we yes. say to people. And we're like, this is why I don't have friends because you're so weird. Yes. Oh my gosh. Been there for sure. Like, I know that was a funny joke, but she didn't really laugh like, the way she should have laughed at that. Yeah. Well, something that helps is there's uh, something called the liking gap. And yeah. it's research that shows we tend to underestimate how much people like us in the first interaction by 50%. So if that helps at all to know that you that are does coming- help. You know, they did this little study and they had people rate each other after, like, how much did you like her and how much yeah. do you think she liked you? And we continually were underestimating how much they actually liked us. So it's a lot of times it is just in your head, you know, that heightened anxiety. That has to be a woman thing, too. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'm like, sure. I don't know why mm -hmm. we're like this, but we're so hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like, you are fun. Go out there and, like, share your funness with others. Agreed. It's so hard though. I know. So I know that like we kind of talked about, you know, motherhood is busy. You're this whole person for all these people. I'm a mom of four. So it's like a whole ordeal over here. Time gets tricky, right? How mm -hmm. are like, how can we, I guess, maintain friendships? Because I guess I'm guilty of this, right? Where you make a friend through the preschool moms, you know, and you're like, oh, I really like her. We're connecting. We've had some deeper conversations. This is great. But now preschool's over. I'm busy over here. I'm busy over there. You know, like, how do you maintain these friendships when time and being everything to everybody is a barrier? Oh, my gosh. Love this question because it's just the, the question of the ages. Okay. Yeah. A, a couple hard tangibles. The first is with the women who you, whose friendship you really value. Yeah. Y'all need a friendship ritual. That yeah. means something that is our go-to. So it removes the mental labor of trying to figure out, okay, can you do this week? Can you do? So maybe we say every Friday at 10, yeah. we're going to hop on the phone for 20 minutes. That's it. That goes to the second tip, which is include the duration whenever you suggest hangouts. So a lot of times we're like, oh my God, I don't have time to like get together because in your mind, you're thinking it's got to be this three hour brunch. Yeah. No, no, you don't have time for that after 30. No, you do not. Okay. So maybe it's like, hey, do you want to get together for an hour and catch up? Yeah. Anyone grab coffee um, between pickup for like 30 minutes. A lot of people hesitate to commit because it sounds like it's going to take all day. But if you can assure them like, hey, you want to do 30 minute catch up. And sometimes that's all you need like to hear her voice, see her face, what's going on. Yeah. And so one, can you get a friendship ritual locked down? You don't have to think about it. Two, start including the duration when you suggest hangouts to your friends. And then finally, rethink what spending time together looks like. So if in your mind, it's a whole occasion, it's like we got to do a whole thing. It is never going to happen because we don't have time for a whole thing. But can us checking in with each other look like, you know, every Sunday I'm doing laundry and so I can hop on the phone with you while I do laundry. Do you want to come with me while I grocery shop with the kids? Because that's the only way we're going to get 45 minutes. If you walk these aisles with me, I mean, it's not like glamorous at all, but if I am trying to find a way to see you, to, to talk to you, you know, do I have the kind of friend who I feel comfortable around? Cause some of us are like, okay, I would do that, but I, there's no way she'd be entertained by just coming to the grocery store. Well, a real friend is going to, I'm trying to get in with you where I can. And yeah. so a 45 minute or hour long grocery shop, she can help wrangle the kids while you guys talk about her date last night or whatever it is. It's not a matter of finding more hours. It's stacking the hours that you do have. So how can I do this and talk to my friend 
and see my friend. You know, if book club is too much because you're like, how am I going to read a book like every day for 30 minutes? You know, get audio books. Yeah, audio books. You can listen to it. <laughs> yeah. And then I've seen someone who has started podcast clubs. Yeah. So you pick a podcast or a podcast and you listen to two episodes and then you get together and discuss how you feel about the episode. Um, so, you know, get it's about getting creative and we can do that. As moms, we do it every day. So mm-hmm. how can you leverage the skills you're already flexing as a mom and use them for your friendships? Get creative, get it on the calendar. And you can do this with women who at the end of the day, all they want is to connect with you. They don't need the fancy outings. Um, that That's helpful too. Yeah, it is. It really is like so helpful. Um, Danielle, how do you feel like we, I guess, make those friendships in the beginning, right? We're thrown into this motherhood journey. I don't think that there's anything that prepares you for it. I think that you can read all the books and people can give you advice or be real with you. But I don't think that until you're in it, you get it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think that like having those relationships where you can say, I'm overwhelmed with the mental load of motherhood. Mm. I feel overstimulated all the time. Like, help, you know, or like my husband's driving me crazy because he doesn't pick up the piles on the stairs. And what the heck? Why? (laughs) You know, I think that we need these relationships where other where somebody else is in it, too. I think that these relationships are so, so important. But maybe you're the first one in your friend group to have a baby. And it's not that you don't have friendships, but you need new ones too. How do we make new friendships as an adult with all these barriers that we've talked about? But I guess like, how do we find that confidence to put ourselves out there? Yeah. Um, so I know, you know, it, it sounds, um, it's not revolutionary. We talked earlier about like joining a group, right. but the reason why some women are like, I did that. It didn't work. I am right. willing to bet they went one time right. and they went as a critic. And you went to see, eh, are these my people? Eh, I don't know. They're too churchy. I don't Yeah, like they're them. too yeah. churchy. They're not churchy enough. They're right. too weird. They're not weird enough. Like, oh, yeah. like whatever it is. They're too old. They're too, yeah. you know. So the first thing is, I always like to challenge clients to pick a group to attend and to go at least three times because yeah. you show up differently when you know you're going to go three times. If I'm going once to test it out, I'm going as an observer. I'm not really engaging. I'm seeing if people talk to me. And then I'm like, I don't know, I wasn't feeling it. But if I know I'm coming every Wednesday for three Wednesdays, I just committed to giving it a shot. You know, I show up differently. I am now invested in learning your name because I'm coming back next week. I'm probably off the phone and mingling. And it allows me to do things like if I went the first time and a girl mentions to me that her dog is sick. Well, now next week I can use that intel to say, oh, you mentioned last week your your dog was sick. Like, how's everything going with that? I mean, it's minor, but it allows me to build some kind of momentum. I can't do that with a one-time audition, checking people out and leaving. So the key to joining groups is going multiple times and giving it a chance, which is is hard. Um, Another thing um, is to signal your desire, make your desire known. So a lot of us are like, oh, I want friends. I want a new group. I want a new, but we like harbor it secretly because there's shame around saying like, I need friends. I want friends. Feels embarrassing. Mm -hmm. So you keep it to yourself. Well, how am I supposed to meet your need? You're not going to tell me. And so this is where you do want to use social media and to say like, oh, looking to get more connected. What are you guys doing around town and leverage people's, you know, intel. 
or to text what I call a super connector, people who love like bringing different people together. I'm one right. of those. I love them like, oh my God, Katie, you have to meet my friend Maria. You know, like who's that woman in your life? Text her. Hey, I'm trying to get more connected. And I thought of you because you're always out and about doing something, you know, cool. Yeah. And I just didn't know, like, is there anything around town we're checking out? Are there any groups that you know of? She's either going to give you recommendations that are useful or she might surprise you with a plus one invitation. Oh, girl, yeah, we actually have a book club every Tuesday. You should come, you know? And so you cannot keep your desire secret and then expect to make friends. You have to put yourself out there. And then finally, and this seems like an obvious one, but leverage the relationships you do have. So like, you know, your kids, your kids' best friends' parents who they're talking about all the time. Can you finally be like, okay, our kids are obsessed with each other. I feel like I should introduce myself. You know, it just starts there. Um, And then the last thing I'll say is manage expectations. And I don't want to be a downer, but I think some of us get discouraged because we want an instant bestie and we have a dream of fast friendship. And I think those moments are really nice. Like you hit it off. She's amazing. She thinks you're amazing. But um, if you're looking for that in every interaction, you might get disappointed. So how can you find a way to be satisfied first with just connection? Like, man, that was a really good chat. I needed that to boost my mood today. How can you be satisfied with that? And then hopefully enough times it turns into a friendship, but, uh, but not going into it with huge expectations and being consistently disappointed. That's really, really good advice is like the managing expectations. I'm guilty mm-hmm. of that, right? <laughs> I am, you know, and like to like kind of go back to like our neighborhood book club, you know, it's like I did sit on the couch the first time, like, hi, my name's Abby, just with some friends. That's why I'm here, mm-hmm. you know, and like, so I put it out there. Um, but I think it took months to really form real relationships mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. some of those women. Um, and not that I wasn't like going every month and getting something out of it right like I was getting that connection it was fun I enjoyed my time there and then I left Mm -hmm. right and like so then what now I'm still alone until we meet again next month and you know and I think that like it does take some time I think also you could have been reaching out in between Mm -hmm. probably where like Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know yes yes. you know and I think like it, it is it's hard to like put yourself out there but it's so worth it and I just think like all of us want the same thing. Yeah. Maybe we don't. Maybe I'm wrong, you know, but I think that if you're at the park and there's, you know, you and some other mom and all these kids, you know, you're like, hey, like she probably wants to have a conversation too. We Mm -hmm. all are lacking adult interaction Mm -hmm. when we're like up to our (laughs) eyeballs with these little people at parks, right? Um, And I do, I just think that there's like so much beauty in putting yourself out there. But I do so agree with the managing expectations. I think that that was really, really important. Yeah, I think that could be helpful is to to acknowledge that there's so many tears of friendship. I mean, I'm saying it's kind of arbitrarily, but those are tight girlfriends. There's the woman you see at the park and it's really nice every time you see her, you know, and maybe you, you know, you've gleaned enough that you're like, yeah, I don't know that we could be like besties, but she's cool and she's nice. And she's fun to talk to. And I like talking to her, you know, like, how can you say, okay, well, she's a level three friend or level, you know, whatever it is, but how can you find a way to be satisfied with the beauty of a lot of different kinds of friendships instead Mm -hmm. of being dissatisfied that they're not all turning into 
best friendships. And I love what you said about, you know, like, I guess I could have been talking to them in between. If we're trying to expedite the process of becoming friends, you know, it can't just be, you know, once a month I see our book club. How can you listen attentively to something she said at book club and then like use that for momentum in between? So if she mentioned like, oh yeah, my kids are driving me crazy and I think they're having a sleep regression like maybe sending her a link two days later like you mentioned something about a sleep regression and I saw this today I don't know if it works or not but let me know if this if this hack works for you but it's like wow she listened wow she remembered wow she thought of me and cared enough to send a link those kinds of things leave like this emotional impression and they keep us going between the times we get to see each other yeah women are really cool we just mm-hmm. need to like use our powers for good, you know? <laughs> yes. How do we navigate like some of those female tendencies that like show up in our friendships though, you know, that we kind of talked about at the beginning of this episode, you know, I think you were kind of talking about how we maybe shut down relationships mm-hmm. faster mm-hmm. than men do, um, you know, and then just like some of the drama mm-hmm. question mark that maybe mm-hmm. goes along with some some female relationships. How do we navigate those now that we're adults? Yeah. Don't have a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. The drama. You know, I'm going to say this. And I used to, you know, I'm about to share something with you. And I just yeah. very recently started sharing it publicly. Okay. Yeah. But I just know that there are some women out there who maybe can relate. And I want us to hear different stories. Okay. Yes. A lot of people think like, oh, you're a friendship coach. You must have, have, you know, you must have a history where you've had great friends all the time and you've just been like a great friend. And now you just want to share your love and abundance with women across the world. And that's half true. The truth is the drama we talk about, that was me, especially in high school, you know, being exclusive with my friend group, you know, and, and saying things behind somebody's back when she's not around all of that. Now I have an understanding now that like, oh, because I was insecure, I didn't think I had anything unique or worthy to offer. And so, yes, I'm threatened by the new girl coming in our group. What if she takes my spot? What if she just all of that from being insecure? And I know some of us are still carrying that into adulthood and Mm -hmm. being insecure manifests as excluding others, gossiping about them, because you're insecure about your position. I always say that mean girl uh, trope that we see in the movies. My speculation is like, yes, this this woman exists. Many of us know her well, okay? So yes, this is a real thing. But I like to look at it as a set of behaviors represented by this character. And we have all pulled from that set of behaviors for whatever reason. So if you find that there are friends in your group who are excluding others, or they talk about this one lady and she's not around and things like that, there's a way to correct it without looking self-righteous and to just kind of doing it in like a, even a playful way. So for example, with the gossiping, you know, yes, you know, it's proven that the main topic of conversation among women is other people, not in a negative way, but just like, like a sociological way. Like you talk about other human beings and what they're doing and, you know, so when it turns like explicitly negative and you're like, I don't know, there's always drama. You can say little things like, um, you can either say like, oh, yeah, I know I just feel bad because I know if, if people were talking about my man and my business, I'd just be like cringing, you know? So I don't know. I feel bad. I don't want to, I don't want to add to it, you know? Or yeah. maybe you can say something like, oh gosh, if you talk to me and we could go, I'd have so much to add to this conversation, but I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to do better about running my mouth, you know, just little things that help the other person to save face instead of like, I just don't feel comfortable, guys. And we need to stop. Like, it does make it awkward. They feel like they've been, like, 
corrected. So like, how can you show up with integrity when there is drama? How can you kind of make it playful, but still are making your boundaries known with what you're comfortable with? And how can you observe what other women are doing to kind of show you they'd be a good friend for you? So maybe she is very kind to you, but she's like always talking about her other friends or, you know, always being rude like to other moms. You're like, oh my God, but she's nice to me. You know, those things are are data as well. And so, you know, I don't want to vilify anyone and call them bad people or whatever, But, you know, if you want to minimize the drama, just like don't be a part of it. And if it's hard for you to stand up for yourself, you know, just kind of put it on yourself. It helps them to save face. And then I think you'll see that the drama kind of become more minimal that way. Yeah, I think that that's really helpful. You know, I think it's hard to navigate, you know, like (laughs) when you're put in those situations. And I, I think that that's really helpful. Thank you. Um, Danielle, this conversation was so, so important. And thank you for having it with me because I do. I think that women, we need each other mm-hmm. and we need these communities. I think moms especially need communities. Um, there's just like so many pockets of motherhood that just feel so isolating and alone. And when we have each other to lean into, it is so, so beautiful. So I hope that everybody had some really great nuggets from here. Where can they find you? Yeah. So all the stuff is over at betterfemalefriendships.com. And that's all the coaching information and information about my podcast, the friend forward podcast, but I look forward to seeing women over there. And, and like you said, you know, moms, we really, really need companionship and validation and support. And so I hope that what we chatted about today gives women the courage to pursue uh, the friendships that they've been dreaming of. I hope so too. It's so important. Danielle, thank you again. And thank you for helping us find you, the mother. Thank you for having me.